Episode 22, what are the most profitable microgreens to grow? You're listening to the Microgreens Entrepreneur Podcast, where the aim is to help you start, grow and improve any microgreens business. I'm your host, Brian Faulkner, owner of a microgreens business that I operate out of my own home. Stay tuned and welcome along. Hello and welcome to the Microgreens Entrepreneur Podcast. I hope you're doing well and hope you're keeping safe wherever you are. On this week's episode, we're going to look at what are the most profitable microgreens that you can grow. We'll be looking at what varieties of microgreens you should focus on growing to help you make the most money from your microgreens business. And I'm going to let you in on a mistake that I made when I first started out. So stay tuned. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by trueleafmarket.com. Trueleaf Market stocks a vast array of really high quality and well-priced microgreen seeds and equipment. Since starting the podcast, I've been able to create a close relationship with the guys there and I'm really confident in recommending their microgreen seeds and equipment. They've also created a special discount of 5% for all of the listeners of the Microgreens Entrepreneur Podcast. And all you have to do to avail of that is type in the code MGE5 at the checkout. The code again is MGE5. Alright, so a mistake I made at the start of my microgreens business journey was I grew too many different varieties of microgreens. And some of these varieties took a long time to grow. And I think at one stage at the start, I was bringing around about 12 different varieties or 12 different samples of microgreens to chefs. And I can't remember now who it was that said it, but I heard it on someone else's podcast. It was a marketing podcast, I think. I was trying to learn about sales and I can't remember who said it, but what they said was that when you give customers too many choices, it makes their decision of what to buy a lot harder and sometimes it even stops them making a decision at all and they won't buy from you. So if a customer is faced with too much variety, for them it might just feel easier to not buy it all than to spend the time choosing what they want. So maybe some of the restaurants that I tried to gain their business at the start and they didn't go with me, maybe it was for that reason. So it wasn't good at the time what I was doing, bringing around so many different varieties as samples, but I didn't know at the time. And then what would happen was with the chefs that did buy from me, because I had so many different varieties to offer, there might have been six of those varieties that only one chef wanted that variety. So then I was left growing a tray of those microgreens with only one part of the tray definitely going to be sold to that chef. So what happened was my shelves were full of trays every week of different microgreens and not all of them were getting sold. So it really just wasn't a very efficient operation at at that time. So I actually got a bit of inspiration from Gordon Ramsay of all people, would you believe? Now, Gordon Ramsay hasn't started a microgreens business or anything like that, but he does have a show called Kitchen Nightmares, and I was watching a couple of episodes of it. They were older episodes, but very good. So if you have never seen the show, Gordon Ramsay is called upon to help a restaurant that is about to go out of business or they're in serious trouble. And in nearly every episode, Gordon Ramsay goes into the restaurant The restaurant usually has a huge menu with loads of different dishes on the menu and none of them are really being cooked well. Well, Gordon Ramsay's solution, usually along with cursing and shouting at everyone running the restaurant, which is quite entertaining, is usually to simplify the menu. He usually gets them to offer a much smaller menu with only a few dishes on it that can be cooked really well and easily. 
so that is what I try to do now. I try to only grow and sell at smaller numbers of varieties of microgreens and keep the operation as efficient as possible and profitable. I still grow and test out lots of different varieties just because I'm interested in it, but as far as business goes, I do try and keep it simple. So let's look at what the most profitable microgreens are to grow. Now this might not sound very helpful and a bit basic, and that is that the most profitable varieties of microgreens to grow are the ones you're going to be able to sell in your area. So the answer to this question might be a little bit unique to each person. And there's a few things to consider here. Number one is that some microgreens like say amaranth and cilantro or coriander I'm just going to use those two as an example of more specialised microgreens. And you can expect to be able to charge a high amount per gram for both of them. But just because you can charge a high amount per gram for those ones, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're the most profitable microgreens to grow. For cilantro and amaranth to be profitable, you have to charge a high price for them. And chefs who want them will pay a high price for them, but not all want them. And in my experience, it's hard to sell these microgreens to the public for the price that you need to get for them to be profitable. And they also take a little bit longer to grow, so it takes up space on your shelves longer as well. And the majority of people buying microgreens from grocery stores, in my experience, are buying them because they've heard that they're good for their health. And the fact that they taste nice is a bonus. So consumers don't really want to spend an arm and a leg on the microgreens. They want them for their health and they're more likely to choose the varieties of microgreens that are at a lower price. I made the same mistake at the start by putting too many different varieties into the shops that just weren't profitable. So for an example, let's take two same size trays at the time of harvesting, one radish and one amaranth. The tray of radish is going to have roughly around double the weight in product as the tray of amaranth. It also takes less time to grow and it's a lot easier to grow. You're not going to get as high a price for radish as you would for amaranth, but you can grow a lot more of it in a shorter space of time. And in my experience, radish is the most profitable microgreen that I grow. Followed closely behind that then are pea shoots and sunflower. And broccoli has actually become a really good one too. But that is just my experience. Definitely, if you can get a market for them, radish, pea shoots and sunflower are really profitable microgreens. And I think that's probably common knowledge at this stage. And that's based on the fact that you get a really high yield in a short space of time from them. So you'll have a lot of product to sell in a short space of time. And they're also well known to chefs and the general public are becoming familiar with these varieties now too. And they're also easy enough microgreens to grow when you do get the hang of them. So this is great. And if you could find a market for only those three varieties and you could sell a lot of them, that'd be brilliant. You'd, you'd have a great little business there. But this may not be the case for you. If there's other people in your area already selling these crops, you might have to go down the road of selling the more speciality type crops like amaranth, cilantro, beets, maybe edible flowers. They're actually something I'm thinking of trying soon. I haven't tried them yet and they look interesting. But there's so many different varieties of microgreens to grow. So you may need to differentiate yourself and offer some other different varieties than the most common ones that we just mentioned there. So that's kind of how I would see the most profitable microgreens to grow can be a bit different for everyone. It just depends on what you're going to be able to sell. I mentioned a minute ago there that broccoli is a profitable one and if you're going down the road of selling directly to the general public it's a really good one to grow. 
So broccoli sprouts were made really popular by a doctor named Rhonda Patrick. She appeared on the Joe Rogan podcast a few years ago and she spoke about how broccoli sprouts contained 100 times more of this really beneficial compound called sulforaphane. And the benefits of this compound sulforaphane is that it has anti-aging properties anti-inflammation and anti-cancer properties lots and lots of really good health benefits i'll leave a link to that clip in the show notes and you can watch the interview with herself and joe rogan after if you would like and while broccoli sprouts and broccoli microgreens are different they're kind of the same they're both really young versions of broccoli plants and they both contain this compound so that's something that a lot of people are aware of now and that would be the most popular microgreen that I sell to the public. Broccoli has a pretty good yield as well. It's not as good as say radish, pea shoots and sunflower. But it's not too far behind either. So it is a really good one to grow. So just to recap then. If you're just starting and there's not much competition in your area. I would definitely focus on growing pea shoots, sunflower and radish. They're the varieties that you're going to get the highest yield from in the shortest space of time. And this isn't really new information. I think most people in this space would recommend that and with good reason. But if there is a bit of competition, maybe you'll have to focus on some of the harder microgreens to grow and the lower yielding ones to differentiate yourself in that way. So I hope that was of value to you and you might find it useful. These are just my experiences. So if you feel like I've missed anything here, let me know. As always, thanks a million for listening. I appreciate it. I appreciate you listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you are interested in starting a microgreens business of your own and you'd like to know the first steps in doing that, I've created a free ebook, A Beginner's Guide to Starting a Microgreens Business. And that will go through all of the steps you need to take from ordering your supplies all the way to making your first sale. And you can get that at microgreensentrepreneur.com forward slash ebook and i will leave a link for that in the show notes too if you did enjoy the episode and you're enjoying the podcast and you haven't left a review already i would really appreciate it if you left a review on apple podcast i really do appreciate them and if you've left one already thank you very much so that is it for this week thanks a million again for listening i hope you have a great week and i will see you on the next episode